What are we talking about today? The faithful and discreet slave. Where is that? Where is that in the Bible? I was just a little kid when this doctrine was poured onto me. And I remember asking, "What you, you, you have to explain this to me. The faithful and discreet, what? I've never heard of this in the Bible. By that time, I had read the Gospels. And, yep, no faithful and discreet slave. Oh, man, let's get into it. I was just a little kid. You know, I was a, I was an innocent teenager trying to do my best just to go outside and play sports, be a good kid, do my homework, stay out of trouble. See, the place where I was raised, uh, trouble abounds. I know many neighborhoods are like that. In many cities, well, I got I got the not not the best part, but hey, we're here. And uh, if if you grew in a, grew up in in a good neighborhood, well, good for you. I wish I wish I would have, <laughs> I wish I'd have been your neighbor. So the faithful and discreet slave, they um, what does this mean? This is the doctrine that the Jehovah's Witnesses use to to justify the members in the leadership position. Currently, there are eight members that have complete totalitarian authoritarian control in the Jehovah's Witness religion. And these eight members live in upstate New York. They control the legal aspect. They control the printing press. They control teachings, the money, the videos, media aspect of the religion. They control everything. But who are these guys? And, and why do people even listen to them? You know, as, as an outsider, I think I've always felt that people would, would look at people like Jehovah's Witnesses and say, well, why do you listen to these people? Why do you do what they tell you to do? Why is it that when they go left, you go left, they go right, you go right, and you never question it? In hindsight, you would say, yeah, that sounds, that sounds a little crazy. That sounds very foolish. But when you're inside a cult, that is the last thing on your mind. In actuality, those who don't line up with the standards that these, these cult leaders establish, well, they get trampled on. They get stepped on. They get scapegoated. And, and they get black sheeped. And no one wants to be that person. And that's part of the reason. That's part of part of the tool, that incriminating tool that's used against a member that asks questions. That's part of the reason that you don't ask questions. Why you don't question these 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 people? These uh, current members are old. You know, they're in their late years, and they're not the only group that's been in power. There's been previous groups that have held that position, but they keep they what they do is they pass on this power to the next to the next governing body members. So as they see fit, they will elect new members. They have this doctrine, this nutty doctrine uh, that justifies their position. They use a verse in the Bible that they say talks about them, that they say is a prophecy about them. And the problem starts right at the beginning because I'll give you the answer. It's not a prophecy. It's an illustration. But they say 
No, it's not an illustration. It's a prophecy about us in the 21st century. It's it's about us. In the 19th century was the what the old uh, governing body members would say. But this new governing body members have actually expanded and they've altered the doctrine. <laughs> Someone left this doctrine from the previous governing body members. The new guys grabbed it. And they expanded it. They changed it in July 2013. And they've. it's not the first time, but this is the last time I recall that they changed it. These are people that just, they, they change the doctrines willy-nilly. And whenever they feel that people are, are asking questions or whenever they feel like they want to come off as smart or, or God-inspired, Next thing you know, they're changing doctrines. What did they say? You could find information about this last change in the Watchtower Study Edition, July 2013. This is a magazine that they distribute under the title, Who Really is the Faithful and Discreet Slave? We'll dive into what they explain briefly. But more than anything, what we want to focus on is what does the Bible say? Because, I mean... <laughs> They could, anybody could say whatever, but if if you're a person that supposedly establishes doctrines based off of, well, first of all, establishing doctrines isn't in the Bible, but whatever, they, they're going to establish doctrines, who cares? You know, so they establish these doctrines, and if you're a person that establishes doctrines based off of the Bible, you would think you would, you would know the Bible, you would think you would utilize the Bible. But but they, <laughs> what they do is it, it's it's almost as if I've often wondered do they do they even read the Bible or or maybe I, I you know another thing that's crossed my mind is maybe they have other people read the Bible for them explain it to them and then they 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 publish this nonsense I I, I find it very difficult to think that eight very old men in the latter days of their lives actually dedicate that much of their time to reading when they're often on the screen, when they're often making media productions, that that propaganda for their members, I honestly can't see them reading the Bible much. And one of the reasons that I say, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they, re they actually read it much is because the way they explain the Bible, it's as if they don't read it. Because you, you uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a passage in the Bible that says that, that Satan would actually inhibit the way people would understand the truth, implying you know God's message. So the evil force that is Satan would hinder their ability to understand. I, I, don't, I can't say that that is what's happening because I don't know what's happening. But something is happening. Do I believe that that's possible? I'm a man of faith. I believe that that's possible, but I, I, you know, I can't call it. I can't call it on them because I don't know. But what I do know is that they clearly don't, don't explain the Bible correctly. That's what I know. That's what I could, that's what I could decipher 100%. I think we could all agree that Jesus Christ utilized illustrations, he utilized parables amongst the tools that he would use to teach people. Well, when you come to the doctrine that they say, that they, okay, they say is in the Bible, the, the governing body doctrine, when you come to this doctrine, they utilize, they go to Luke 
1242. And they say, hey, that is about us. It says it right there. So what they want you to understand is that when it comes to Luke 1242, they actually believe, they, they truly believe that Luke 1242 is talking about them, that it is prophetically talking about them in the 20th century, the previous century, it, they, because that's when they started this doctrine. So they, they honestly think that this is about, about them. Now, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't that sound narcissistic? You know, if someone says, no, this, this, this book that, that guides the lives of, of billions of people around the world, this part, this part here is about us. You know, they pat themselves on the back. It, it, it's not about them. What does it say? What does Luke 12, 42 say? We could read the verse off of other Bibles, and we will. But let's start by looking at what their Bible says. Luke 12, 42. I actually, uh, well, I have, <laughs> I have some issues with the way to translate it. But there are portions of it that uh, you guys forget. <laughs> you guys missed. You guys missed mistranslate. So we'll take a look at that today. And we'll, we'll, we'll see various verses that actually debunk debunk their their uh, teaching clearly but here Luke 12:42 says in their Bible in their Bible says the following and the Lord said who really is the faithful steward the discreet one whom his master will appoint over his body of attendants to keep giving them their measure of food supplies at the proper time so what they say when it says the faithful and wise steward in their old translation, the faithful steward, they say that the faithful and wise steward is them. And that the following verses explain what them, they, the governing body will be doing. For example, it says in 44, he will appoint him over all his belongings. The Watchtower wants you to think that this verse applies to them. This is talking about them. They are the faithful steward. They are the discreet steward. They have been appointed. They have been appointed over his body of attendance, which is the flock of Jesus Christ. They have been appointed as masters, masters, as the owners, as the managers. As the faithful steward, they have been appointed to a position of power by Jesus Christ himself. Bunch of nonsense. Bunch of nonsense. Luke 12, 42. And you know it's nonsense because it's very simple. You know it's nonsense because in number 41, verse 41, if they only read one verse before, they would know that this is an illustration. This is not a prophecy about anyone about them or anyone for that matter this is an illustration it says so peter admits it is written in the bible but they refuse they refuse to read the context number 41 peter said even in their bible this is the study bible luke 12 41 and peter said lord are you telling this illustration just to us or also to everyone Lord, 
are you telling this illustration, illustration, just to us or also to everyone? Question mark. Lord, are you telling this illustration just to us or also to everyone? Peter said, verse 41, Lord, are you telling this illustration? Peter, in the Bible, tells you that this is not a prophecy. He explains that this is an illustration. Now, the Watchtower takes this out of context and mistranslates verse 42 in a way, in a way, that lines up with their way of teachings or their wording, their terminology. This is why it's hard for most Jehovah's Witnesses to pick up because uh, pick up on what this is, what this means. And especially when you don't read 41. Are you telling this illustration just to us? Are you telling this illustration just to us? Illustration just to us? Illustration, 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 illustration. You know, they don't read 41. When they quote this, and as far as I remember, they always started at verse 42 and they skip 41. Why? Why? Because it's not, it doesn't suit them to admit that this is an illustration. The teaching about the faithful steward and discreet one, if this is how you want to translate this, whatever, who cares? The King James says this is the faithful and wise steward. There's others to say that the faithful and wise manager, whatever this is, this is an illustration. This is, this is, not, this is not a prophecy. But you know what? Luke 12, 42 Luke 12, 41, where it says it's an illustration, is just not good enough for these people. It's just not good at a level where back in July 2013, they changed it. They changed this. Not only did they hold on to the fact that it's a prophecy, that it's, well, to them, it's a prophecy. Not only did they hold on to this nonsense, doctrinal nonsense, but they want an exp- expanded thing. Like you would think they'd want to walk away. They'd want to distance themselves from doctrines. But no, they, they don't. They go and they change them. It's, they, they keep modifying things that are already broken. Like they're, they're broken. They don't work. And still they say, no, no, no. They, they put some tape on it. You know, they put a little crazy glue on it and, and hold it up and, 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 and say it's, it's still working. It's not. Look at the gaslighting of the article, Who Really is the Faithful and Discreet Slave? July 2013. Who really is the faithful and discreet slave whom his master appointed over his domestics to give them their food at the proper time? That faithful slave is the channel through which Jesus is feeding his true followers in this time of the end. It is vital that we recognize the faithful slave. Our spiritual health and our relationship with God depend on this channel. In the past, Our publications have said the following. At Pentecost 33 CE, Jesus appointed the faithful slave over his domestics. 
The slave represents all anointed Christians on earth as a group at any one time since then. The domestics referred to the same anointed ones as individuals. In 1919, Jesus appointed the faithful slave over all his belongings, all his earthly kingdom interests. So what they're saying is that they, they used to teach in the past, they used to teach that the slave, this illustration, describes a prophecy of chosen Christians, chosen Christians here on earth. And when it says domestics in charge of the, that they would be in charge of the domestics, well, it, that's, that's also anointed ones as individuals. They keep saying, in 1919, Jesus appointed the faithful slave over all his belongings, all his earthly kingdom interests. And here's the gaslighting. It says, however, However, further careful study and prayerful meditation indicate that our understanding of Jesus' words about the faithful and discreet slave needs to be clarified. Needs to be clarified. Now, they, they won't say, <laughs> they won't say, we were wrong. They won't say our understanding of Jesus' words were wrong. Our understanding of the faithful and discreet slave were wrong. Or they won't say, they won't even say our doctrine about the faithful and discreet slave because, you see, they distance themselves from that word. But this is what it is it's a doctrine. It's a doctrine established by men. About what? About an illustration that they say is a prophecy. But the Bible says it's an illustration. Are you telling this illustration just to us? Are you telling this illustration just to us? Illustration just to us? Illustration, 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 illustration. This, this, this it, it just, everything falls apart. They built this, it's, it's a house of cards, and just with the little movement, it all just comes tumbling down. And they use a little bit of tape here. They use a little bit of tape to try and keep everything together by quoting Proverbs 4.18. Proverbs 4.18, where they say, is also, also alludes to their ability to foretell prophecies. Their ability, well, supposedly God's. God's ability to reveal, reveal prophecies as time passes, which is... You know, for, for an organization that says that God reveals prophecies and understanding to them, they, they sure get it, and they get it wrong an awful lot of times. I mean, it, it's embarrassing. But Proverbs, but if you read Proverbs 4.18, which we will do an episode someday about Proverbs 4.18, not too, not too far from today, Proverbs 4.18 is not is not alluding to what they're saying, which is God revealing understanding. And it, it, it has nothing to do with that. It's, it's about a good guy and a bad guy, and that's it. And and be a good person. But that's, that has nothing to do with with God revealing his, his purpose, his prophecies to, to the Watchtower, to this company in New York. Well, this article here, goes on to say nonsensical teachings such as paragraph number eight, who is the faithful and discreet slave? And in, in, in all honesty, I am going to save you 
the boring part of the, of this article, which is the whole article, I am going to save you from wasting time from listening to just plain old stupidity. If you would like to read their their view of what the faithful and discreet slave is, you could reference the Watchtower Study Edition, July 2013. What we want to do is we want to go to the Bible. In the Bible, Bible teachings that have, haven't changed since they were established by Jesus Christ says the following. We move on from, from, Matt, from Luke 12.42, and we find ourselves now in Matthew 24.45. We're going to read it off of their Bible, Matthew 24, 45. What does that say? They say it says more about them, about the members in New York, the leaders in New York. They seem to think this applies to them. Again, Matthew 24, 45 says the following. Who really is the faithful and discreet slave whom his master appointed over his domestics to give them their food at the proper time. Happy is that slave if his master on coming finds him doing so. Truly I say to you, he will appoint him over all his belongings. Again, they're saying, see, Jesus said that one day the master would appoint us over his domestics, would appoint us over his property, which is his flock, the people. And we would be the ones providing them food at the proper time. Food in the form of videos, propaganda, gaslighting information. Food in the form of magazines. Form in the form of uh, tracts, of uh, uh, printed Bibles, mistranslated Bibles. This this is what what they say. And don't even get me started on what forty eight means about the evil slave. But if ever that evil slave says in his heart, My master is delaying, and he starts to beat his fellow slaves, and to eat and drink with the confirmed drunkards, the master of that slave will come on a day that he does not expect, and in an hour that he does not know, and he will punish him with the greatest severity, and will assign him his place with the hypocrites. They used to say this was, this was uh, uh, other religions, this is the evil religions, and, and now they're saying, you know what, it, this has actually no meaning. This, this is the real teaching, that the evil slave doesn't exist. This is just, it's just like a, you know, like a cautionary tale for us, just in case if we get out of line, you know, and we start being mean, a mean religion. This is, this is, this is actually their teaching, their current teaching. That'll change. <laughs> That'll change someday. Come on. It, it, it'll change. But they actually say that the evil slave, yeah, that, that doesn't have any meaning. Can you say that again? Just the way you said it. Just the same way. It doesn't have any meaning. <laughs> this is what they say. Yeah, just skip that part. The evil slave doesn't exist. That, that, that doesn't apply to anyone. That, that, see, it's, it's a prophecy, but the, but the prophecy stops right there, and the evil slave is just, I don't know, it's like a uh, cautionary tale to the prophetic, to the prophetic protagonist. <laughs> Again, 
It's not a prophecy. It's an illustration. Are you telling this illustration just to us? Are you telling this illustration just to us? How do we know that this is an illustration? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because Luke 12, 41 said it's an illustration. Maybe because Peter went and opened his big mouth and said the word illustration. We know how much the Watchtower has it out for Peter. We know how they always discredit the poor guy. So let's just throw these people a bone. Let's throw the Watchtower a bone. And let's say, for their sake, Peter never existed. Peter never said the word illustration, never referred to this moment as an illustration. And you know what? Just for the heck of it, let's just say Luke was never born. The guy never came to life and that gospel doesn't even exist. Is there anything else out in the Bible that makes it more than clear that this is an illustration? We go to Mark 1334. It's not heard. It's not heard, people. It's not heard. Let's take a look, shall we? Mark 1334. So let's switch to another lens. Let's switch to another camera view. We're gonna we will be switching now to Mark 1334, the same event through the eyes of someone else. We saw how Luke described this as a comparison, as an illustration. But again, Luke no longer exists. We're not going to him. So let's go to Mark. Luke never came into existence. Let's take a look at Mark. Let's see how Mark describes it in Mark 1334. What does that say? And again, we will be looking at this from their Bible. So we, we move on now to Mark 1334. It is like a man traveling abroad who left his house and gave the authority to his slave. I'm going to stop right here. <laughs> because in all honesty, we don't have to go any further. If you don't know what an illustration is, you'll have to look it up. Because an illustration is most definitely not a prophecy. Once again, Mark 13.34 is not talking about a prophecy. Because we know right off the bat, with the simile like a man. <laughs> if you don't know what a simile is, a simile, a simile is an illustration describing using the words like or as, right? We learned this back in fifth grade, probably fourth grade, depending what state you're in. But a, a, a simile is a form of an illustration. There's also metaphors. Metaphors would be, as an example, if I want to describe the strength of a, of a person, I would say, so-and-so, Joe Schmo, is a bull. It's not, I'm not saying he is a bull. I'm saying he's a bull in the sense that it's an illustration. What, what's being conveyed is his strength. So when I say Joe Schmo is a bull, you automatically can associate, oh, the guy is pretty strong. There's another way. There's another way to use an illustration. 
and that is a simile. A simile is when I would say the exact same thing. Joe Schmo is like a bull. Joe Schmo is as strong as a bull. I'm not saying again that he is a bull. I'm saying he's like a bull. He is as strong as a bull. So this is a way, this is a way to convey an illustration. You use metaphors or you use similes. And a simile in this Mark 13:34 is found. We have found ourselves a simile where it says in their Bible, it is like a man traveling abroad. It is like a man, it is like like a man, like a man, like a man. It is like a man. This faithful and discreet slave thing, it is like a man traveling abroad who left his house and gave the authority to his slaves. This is a simile. This is a simile, my friends. And that is it. This is, again, an illustration. So it's not a prophecy. Now, you can use Mark 13, 34 to explain this nonsense, nonsense to someone, but you'll have to describe what an illustration is because most Jehovah's Witnesses, fun fact, most of them do not, do not reach any higher level education. And uh, many of them concerning scholastic efforts, they, they don't, they actually, they don't try much because they're taught that everything in this world's going to end anyway. The only thing that matters is servitude to the watchtower. That's it. Putting in many, many, many hours, knocking on doors, handing out pamphlets, and showing the multimedia, multimedia production efforts of this organization. That's it. It's It's... That's where your work should be. It shouldn't be trying to reach a higher level of education. So for many of these people, they won't know what a simile is. So you will have to describe. Some of them won't know what a metaphor is. You will have to describe that. Some of them won't know what an illustration is, even though it's in the Bible, even though Jesus used illustrations. And I know this because they often, they often replay the script of why it's important to use illustrations because illustrations can help a person blah 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 understand things. This is what they this is what they teach. This is this is the propaganda that they teach their their members to always teach with illustrations because that'll help convince people to come into the the church. So they they they'll be able to visualize it. and and I actually happen to agree with that. The illustrations are good, but <laughs> use them for good, not for not for indoctrination. So Mark 13 to 1334, it is like a man. We have found an illustration. We have found the description of illustration. The illustration of the faithful and discreet slave, if that's the terminology you want to use, is still an illustration. Okay. Luke 1242. Peter. Peter admitted it was just an illustration. He said it himself. He says it himself. Peter said, Luke 12, 41, Peter said, Lord, are you telling this illustration, illustration in their Bible, in their own Bible? You know, <laughs> I think that one day 
it's a possibility that the Watchtower is going to come across maybe this podcast or, or others like it. And they're, they're going to pick up on this stuff. And they'll say, oh, geez, we left ourselves, we left ourselves exposed. I got to change this. I honestly think that they'll come across this. A, a member of their organization will come across this. And they're going to point this out and they, they will, they will come back to their Bible and they're mistranslated in a way that it gets rid of the similes. It gets rid of the words illustration. You know, they're, they'll, they'll cover it up somehow. They're going to pamper it up somehow in a way that they'll put makeup on it. They'll disguise it, but their members won't be able to tell the difference between the illustration and the uh, a prophecy. But again, this isn't a prophecy. This teaching that of the faithful and discreet manager, steward, uh, slave, whatever you want to call it, this is just an illustration. What was he trying to say? He was trying to say what is in Mark, what is in Mark 13, 37. The purpose of all this is, but what I say to you, I say to all, keep on the watch. Keep on the watch. That's all this was about. This was a a way to illustrate why it's important to stay on your tippy toes, to stay standing, to stay on the watch, to be attentive. We see it in the context. 29 of Luke 13, 13, 29 in their own Bible. When you see these things happening, know that he is near at the doors. That is, that is all. That's, uh, there's nothing more to this, to this teaching. When you are the watchtower, they, they take these things out of context. They apply it to themselves and they call themselves special. They call themselves special. There is nothing about this organization that is special. They manipulate their members. They take things out of context. They mistranslate the Bible. They establish doctrines. And when they don't like the doctrines or when the new leadership comes in and then says, oh, geez, the doctrine is so weird. It's wrong. That's when articles like the Watchtower Study Edition, July 2013, come out. Who really is the faithful and discreet slave? Oh, turns out. As they said, turns out... Carrie drew two mommies. <laughs> Where'd that come out of? It, it, it turns out, it, paragraph three. In the past, our publications have said the following. In the past, our, our publications have said the following. And they won't say, they won't say, hey, we got it wrong. We got it wrong. That's why we published this July 2013 article. No, what they say is... Further careful study and prayerful meditation indicate that our understanding of Jesus' words about the faithful and discreet slave needs to be clarified. Oh, our understanding of Jesus' words about the faithful and discreet slave needs to be clarified. That is, that is elusive. That is a, a crafty way to, to, to not admit guilt. It's a crafty way to, to not admit that you were wrong. You know, could you imagine being at the stand and someone catches you at your lie 
And they say, what do you have to say about that lie? The lawyer tells you, and you say, well, under careful, careful review and prayerful meditation and study, now my understanding indicates that certain things can be clarified. It's like, what, what are you talking about? What are you talking? You just got it wrong. That's it. We want to finalize with this thought. The Bible isn't as hard as we think it is. At least many people, unfortunately, do think it is. Um, It really isn't. There's a lot of things in it that are very clear. There are other things that are figurative. There are things that are symbolical. And yes, there are prophecies in there. But when you have an organization like this that writes up scripts and they rewrite the script and they re-edit it and 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 they refry it and recook it and they keep selling this to their members. Yeah, the, the people inside religion, once they get free of this whirlwind of this tornado nonsense, yeah, they quit. And honestly, I can't knock them for it. I would hope that uh, they understand that bad things happen to everybody. And they keep fighting to find truth. And I would hope they understand that they were misinformed. But again, I can't knock them for it. it it's, it's a hard pill to swallow to know that you've been, uh, you've been bamboozled. You know, a lot of us have come from that boat. What was this about today? <laughs> it wasn't so hard if we just admit that, hey, um... Jesus' teachings can be clear if we just dedicate a little bit of time, a little bit of effort, if we don't let organizations like this bamboozle us. And if they do, well, then let's go back to the drawing board. Let's go back to the drawing board and let's figure this out. Let's piece it all together. Let's knit the sweater back together. And hey, what do you know? It fits again. I hope you are reading the Bible. And if you don't read the Bible, I hope one day maybe you give it a chance. And you never know. There's one thing I've learned in this life is you never say never because you never know what might just find you. One day, your favorite sport is running cross country. Next thing you know, you're taking karate, jujitsu. Who knows? You never know what awaits you tomorrow. Hope you have a great day. Hope you have a good evening. Hope you're well. See you on the next one.